Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Crosstalk with the Ben and Skin Show right here on DFW Sports Station. Tomorrow, Brian Broaddus previews the Packers at 840. Sounds like Devontae Adams is out. KT, percentage on Devontae Adams playing? Because I'll just pick the Cowboys to win right now if Devontae Adams is out. Yeah, probably under 50%. Yeah, take it. And that jacks up the Cowboys' chances of winning by about 100%. Yeah, right? They're at 100% anyway. Yeah, it's pretty. Packers are in shambles, dude. Shambles? Yeah, Packers are in good shape. I mean, Cowboys are in good shape this week. Good morning. Can I I throw something else out right quick? We've worked with uh, KT now for seven years. Six and a half. Six and a half, whatever. Seven football seasons? Six and a third. And never have I heard KT ever give the Packers any kind of credit whatsoever about being able to achieve anything. Oh. I mean, you talk about downplaying it. I expect Devontae Adams now to not only play, but to (laughs) have 200 yards worth of catches and Packers to be unstoppable because he is Mr. Packer downplay and always has been. That is important context, Skin. Good morning, Ben. Hey, good morning. What's coming up? Well, uh, we got a fun show today. We've got uh, we did a segment on Kendrick Norton Jr. the other day. Did mm. you hear about him, the Miami Dolphin lineman who lost his arm in a car accident? Yeah. Did y'all hear that audio? No. Okay, so the audio there's the there, a bunch of nine one one calls and oh, people dear. call in. They're like, "Hey, a bad accident. This guy's bleeding profusely from the arm." And then there's like, "Hey, he's missing his arm." And they're like, "Well, can you find the arm?" And so essentially, you guys found it. Well, no, we didn't find the arm. Stop it. But we That'd be awesome if we did. KT is a hell of a producer, oh and he booked him and his girlfriend. They're both joining us today at eleven twenty. So you don't want to miss that. They're going to call in. Um, you don't want to miss Not that anymore. at ten twenty. Uh, Wayne Larravee, the voice of the Packers, joins us. I do want to uh, promote something in the noon hour, and this has to do with parenting, and it everything has changed in this day and age. Uh, and you guys with kids can relate to it, and you guys without kids uh, can maybe go back to your own youth. But what is the worst thing you guys ever did when you were growing up? Like the most trouble you ever got into when you were, let's say, below the age of 12? Oh, easy. Easy. This kid brought these little bongo drums into school for show and tell one day. school Ricky Ricardo. Yeah, it was like his dad's. They were like some antique. And uh, I looked right at him. I took my pen, pencil, and I just popped the thing right in the middle. <laughs> oh, of man. I just and I walked away. <laughs> oh man, what my a mom. Jerk. Yeah, it was a total jerk move. And my mom's like, "You're gonna pay for this." And uh, and I faked these tears, and I went up to his house, and I gave his. I said, "Kid was." I sold my baseball cards to give you this money. <laughs> I was like, "Can you give me junior cards?" Did you have to sell them? No. How'd you get the money? I went to my dad's wallet. <laughs> and I took out 20 bucks and said, here, buy yourself some canvas. <laughs> just, I was an awful kid. I was terrible. That's great. I got to really think back. My major problems came in college. Oh, dear. Oh, yes. Uh, man. But I'm trying to think. No felonies Purple when you were 11? No, Purple no. Felonies. I did. Oh, I stole. I went in. It was like being nice. I stole a, like a bracelet from my cousin when I was like eight. I went in the jewelry uh-huh. store and like stole it and like showed my mom in the car like look what I got for her. and you turn <laughs> fake police you know <laughs> screaming and all that maybe that was it what'd you do Jeffrey or Kev uh me and this is not out of malice but it was a bad thing to do I tore up the local putting green 
at the only country club, which is a nine hole course. You know, they don't have a lot of funds going into it, but they did have a greenskeeper had the putting green looking real nice. And I just kept getting my putter and ramming it into the ground. <laughs> now that's a problem when you're so in only the way it works, it's kind of like the mayor every couple of years they rotate out. So my dad was the president of the country club and only Ooh. at the time. So when someone says, Hey, your son tore up the country club putting green, that's not good for him. And, uh, and it ended up not being, like not being good for me. Dad goes, uh, did you do this? I said, no. He goes, are you lying? I said, yep. And, uh, yeah, that, that, no, well, I got, I got, there wasn't always a lot of people out there. I got caught by sissy, uh, rest in peace, sissy. She was God, great. Everyone dies. who he talks about, well, she's old, you know, as I was, yeah. you know, I think everyone named sissy, your sister. Anyway. No, sissy was, uh, she was the lady that kind of ran the pro shop and the bar. Oh, <laughs> Um, and your dad was kind of the Judge Schmales of the course? No, no, like, see, it just, it, just, it just wasn't like that, you know. Uh, when you say country club, you assume high end, not not an only. It was a nine-holer, and you really just want to stop the hoodlums mm-hmm. from pooping in the holes. You know, that's really, you know, God, the like that goal. happened at the uh, memorial. Or a guy that goes rogue and uh, uh, trims up, <laughs> he gets a chainsaw, takes a day off work, takes a chainsaw to hole two, because he doesn't like the tree that's in the middle of the feral tank. He cuts the tree down. Oh, my God. That is I mean, country it's just, living. It's pretty wild. Yeah. What was the punishment? I don't remember. Probably take your Sega away and, yeah. you know, just would, go hide and go hide underneath the bed. What would you do? Steal your dad's records? No. God, my dad That's had a, today. He does yeah. that. My dad had a whack record collection. It didn't have to go steal the Urban Cowboy soundtrack. No, I, uh, right. so, uh, you know, there's a jar full of change, right? So I went. Opened the jar and I took out ten dollars worth of quarters. So this is this is early '80s. So you can imagine a quarter buys a soda. Mm. So I have ten dollars worth of quarters. Man, went to the Coke machine, took every Coke out of there, <laughs> and I put it in a pillowcase. <laughs> and then I beat the crap out of the bully in the detention center. I mean, he was laying there in a pile of blood. <laughs> Shut up. And a pile bad, of that was bad boys. Shasta. That was bad boys. I forgot. Yeah, that wasn't me. That's that was a, a character in a movie. I think for me, the I, there's two things I did that were horrible, and both of them was it was with Skin's current accountant. Like Skin's accountant now used to be a, quite the deviant and bad influence in my life. He found the Lord in eighth grade. It was crazy. We, yeah. but he really did. <laughs> Prior to you that, know you're on the bad path. In third grade at Dartmouth Elementary in Richardson, we had these chairs called whistle chairs because they looked like little whistles. And during story time, you could sit in them on the ground and they were kind of leather. Well, one of us wrote the F word on one of those oh, chairs. No. And I'm going to say it. <laughs> Fart. Ooh, yeah, nice. and so that was the most trouble that I got in. But we, neither one of us, uh, I think it was him because his writing was the worst, but we both got in trouble. But then after that, we tore through a home that was being built in our neighborhood and it had like styrofoam on the walls, like for the insulation. And we went Hulk style. We didn't really, you know, we tore through it. And do you, do you have something here? Do you have oh, any I confession? I guarantee Roy has, I don't know what he's going to say. He was a <laughs> deviant. Yep. Anger management when he was a kid. No, um, this was, I was probably about six when a buddy of mine uh, were just like playing in his backyard and we looked over his fence and saw that his neighbor had an entire garden of like vegetables and all these things growing in her backyard. And so we jumped down there and, you know, I didn't know like the significance of a garden or how long it took, how much time went into this, but I do know that you can pull vegetables out of the ground at a furious pace and uh and we pulled about 30 carrots out of the ground 
celery, and our entire goal, like we're six, our goal was just to throw it over the other side of of the fence and have it go splat on the concrete. That sounded like fun yeah, to us. There was no plan. Really. Yeah, there was absolutely no plan, no maliciousness or anything. Well, it turns out, you know, we eventually got caught because his brother saw us doing it and, of course, tattled on it because that's what he loved to do. So I had to go back and apologize to a like 70-year-old woman and her husband as a six-year-old Ooh. for like destroying their entire vegetable gardening. She could not have been nicer about it, but I felt like a real heel. So the reason I'm getting into all this, and, and dude, I, I did all sorts of things but when I was growing up, but the, it, what it would always come down to is he said, she said, right? Like once you committed the crime, they also had to catch you. They also had to yeah. prove that you did it. Like I could always sell my mom that, hey, it wasn't me. Eddie Murphy style. It wasn't me. I didn't do it. Well, nowadays, things are different for our kids because of security cameras. So I've got a story to tell with my 11-year-old getting into some trouble, and they couldn't deny it because it was caught on tape. Oh, that's great. What did you do for your wife's birthday yesterday? Uh, Well, we went out to dinner, uh, which when you go out to dinner with your kids, uh, you realize that you should have got a babysitter and not taken them out. Um, So we didn't want to spend $10 on mac and cheese for them. God, they bitched and moaned the entire (laughs) time. It was a total waste of money to bring them. (laughs) They fought with each other, pushed each other. Best behavior for mom's birthday. No, they didn't care. It was really about them. I don't even know if they were willing to admit that it was her birthday. Uh, (laughs) And then they got, they started acting good when we got home and and ate some cake. Um, So that was about it. But man, gift. Uh, the gift was uh, the, man, the man lotto. It was yeah. me. It's <laughs> a daily gift. A, what are you a, talking about? You said she's got a bad hip. She's got a bad hip, man. So I wasn't really going to take her out square dancing. Um, no, but even for the man lotto. Yeah. Oh, you, you, you like in your presence. Yeah. Oh, okay. what are you t- <laughs> oh yeah. I, what yeah. You <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's already, sir. There's already, we got to, we got to wait on the new hip for that. Yeah. And then wait till the odometer rolls over. Let's test uh, that thing out, honey. But it's, uh, but you know, at this point, we've been together 26, 27 years or whatever. It's like, we don't really buy gifts for each other. What's the biggest thing you guys took from John Daniels yesterday? That they're going to spend money. Uh, and, and to me, that they're not going to try to solve the third base riddle, uh, from guys that are already in the organization. Yeah. Now, it may not be Anthony Rendon, but it, um, but they're going to get a third baseman from outside the organization. Do you guys think people are going to freak out when Josh Donaldson's our third baseman next mm-hmm. year? It's very possible. People don't. People stop caring when they when you put their uniform on. Yeah, I think so too. Do right? they? I think so. Look at T.O. I mean, he's he was hated on, before he came here. If he came here, it'd be a one year deal. I don't think anyone yeah. would. Right. And and I've I've watched enough interviews with Josh. The dude's awesome. Donaldson. Like, yes, I got no problems with Donaldson. Awesome. We gave away Rugi's spot already on opening day to Solak because Sandler texted and said, 90% Odor starts. What do you think? Oh, such a letdown to hear uh, that. Well, they, uh, well, we've got Woody on the show today. By the way, that's something else we could promote. Chris Woodward at 1220, Ben Bishop at 1240. Ooh. But with Woody, yeah, I'm hearing that he loves Rugi. And so, you know, while all the fan base is ready to write him off and move on, I don't know that Woodward is. But – I don't know. Him. You know, you gotta, you gotta ride it out, right? Pay I him. think he, I think he impressed them with the way he finished the season, with the way there was culpability. He accepted responsibility, and towards the very end, he started doing what they wanted him to do, and he turned things around for himself. I think probably Woodward has more love and patience for Odor than JD at this point. I agree with that. So. <laughs> The whole front office, probably. Uh, yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Woody's new to the routine that we've witnessed for four straight years. Like, this was Woody's first year with that routine. I thought what John said yesterday was interesting, just saying, hey, it's not going to cut it. And he not only talking about uh, 
his batting average and his approach at the plate, but also talking about 50% stolen base rate. He's like, that's just not good enough. Yeah, don't steal bases so, if you're only at 50%. But I thought that the fact that John said that was also kind of a little footnote in my head, like, eh, it's probably going to start next year. Oh, and by the way, when you take a pop-up like you did on Friday night, try not to feel the pop-up right in front of your eyeballs. To the side. Like they taught you at six years old. <laughs> right. You catch the pop-up off your left shoulder. Unlike he did when he dropped the ball in the you middle should, of the infield. You should make a baseball instruction. I video. should. That I should, should be your... Uh, the Chopamansky. Chopamansky video. Instead of, your, good. Uh, instead of your gambling podcast, you should do a baseball instructional video. I should. I'm going to get those bike shorts, those old old ML, those yeah. uh, coaches' bike shorts yes. that made. You're yep. really wired up today. Why? Yeah, I got a lot of... You know, I, I, I slept uh, for like five hours yesterday afternoon. I didn't mean to. I, didn't, I went to bed at like 11.30, and I woke up at 5. And I was like... Four, whatever it was. I was like, what happened? Where'd the day go? I heard you guys, by the way, talking about Halloween. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to confirm that Prosper isn't down on Halloween. Yeah, because, I was just fantastic said that, yeah. Because the that's one of the reasons I fell in love with that area so much. There's so many kids and everyone in costumes. So, and yes, my kids are going as John Daniels and Romo. They should. Once again, they should. <laughs> and you would have to move. You'd have to move out of Prosper. Dude, Ben's yeah. daughter is going as Candace. Here's the Ben and Skin Show coming up next on the fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Oh, yeah. Hello and welcome, everyone. It's the world-famous Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. I'm Ben Rogers, joined by Jeff Skin, Wade, Jonathan Shippy Shipman, Kevin KT Turner. All hands on deck today in studio. Now, we won't be in studio tomorrow. Tomorrow, we will be at Pluckers in Addison. Yeah. And we would love for you to join us, and not just you. We I'll want miss you, to, you guys. We want you to bring your whole office. Bring your office. Come join us at Pluckers in Addison tomorrow. Yeah, man, I love those Pluckers lunches on Thursday. They've been really, really good. A whole heck of a lot of fun. Uh, and, you know, sometimes you got to change it up. Sometimes people have been coming in. They get the same wings over and over. I challenge you to come out to Pluckers in Addison tomorrow and try something different on the menu because there's so much deliciousness. All right. It's going to be a blast. We want you to bring out the whole crew. It's going to be fantastic. But we have business to tend to today, and it is going to be a great show. Uh, Wayne Larravee is fitting to join us at 1020. He's the voice of the Packers, an absolute legend. Let's find out the state of the Packers, the Cowboys' opponent this week. we got a Jason Garrett press conference at 1040. At 11.20, Kendrick Norton Jr. joins us. He is the Miami Dolphins player who lost his arm in a car accident um, this offseason. Just an absolute tragedy. His girlfriend was there in the car, and she had to go find his arm and take it to the hospital. Uh, They will both join us at 11.20, so don't miss that. Uh, We've got Chris Woodward joining us at 12.20. We've got Ben Bishop joining us at 12.40. Let's go Stars. So Stars Hockey getting underway tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow night, baby. And uh, I think we were talking about this before the show. Was it the Associated Press that predicted that the Stars are going to be in the Stanley Cup Final? All right, big doings, right? Uh, Because it always works out well. Uh, for Stars fans when we really predict them to go far in this thing. I already planned the parade. But the whole point is that last year was important. It's a good team. 
Uh, and Ben Bishop had a fantastic year last year, so it's going to be nice to have him on to get this party started right. Right. And uh, is it is it safe to say that he's the best Stars player or most important Stars player? Because if your goalie stands on his head, you got a chance yeah. to win, and he certainly did that in the postseason. Most important faux show. I would still say Sagan's the best player, Shippy. That's what I'm still saying. But, yeah, most yeah. important, Benny B. I don't know. Miro Haskinen is getting – he might be the be- he might be the next next best star. Is it okay he was to pretty have your- good last year? Is it okay for your best star to be a defenseman? Yes. yes. All right. Yes. A lot of those Red Wings teams that were you know battling the Stars back in the day, Nicholas Lidstrom was their best player and yeah. one of the greats of all time. So absolutely, Miro's a hot young piece. Yeah, man. What does that mean? You know what it means. Good young piece to the core. Yep. So Today, you put your best defenseman with your badass goalie, and you're real happy. Should be pretty happy with that. And uh, that's cool that uh, a publication thinks the Stars will be in the Stanley Cup. Uh, did they did they predict they'd win it or that they'd be in the finals? Is that what they? I were? believe it was just that they would make okay. the Stanley Cup finals. They're your Western representative. Well, I guess uh, I was hearing a lot about this yesterday that the Cowboys are being picked by a lot of models, right? Like, and I don't I don't know if those are like clothes models, swimsuit models, models yeah. but that uh, the S-I Cowboys did. the Cowboys against the Patriots I think is the most likely Super Bowl showdown. Did you guys see this? Yesterday? I did not see that. I would that wow. would get terrible ratings. That's the Chiefs. I would disagree. I think that it's going to be the Chiefs. That was the second most likely. Chiefs Cowboys. Chiefs Cowboys. Hell Either yeah. way, like We're the good, two boys. most likely Super Bowl matchups, according to this study, this analysis, whatever it was, uh, is that it, Cowboys were going to be in it. How great is this? The Rangers get Cole and Rendon. Mavericks go deep in the NBA playoffs, and the Stars win the Cup, and the Cowboys win the Super Bowl. Oh. This is going to be a great year. Wow. Yeah. It's going to be a fantastic year. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun doing a sports talk radio show, all the sports. Uh, coming up, Wayne Larravee. But let's keep it Packer related here. We've we've played Brett Favre audio on our show before. We we don't have any of the audio we've ever had. In the, the composure. Past. But yeah, he had those those the things. Well, what was he talking about when he was he talking about Dak? He was yes. talking about Dak his rookie season uh, when he just kind of took the league by storm after filling in for Romo. And what were the screens? I mean, what were short the short screens? screens? Down, Can he continue this down the field? No disrespect whatsoever to Tony. bootleg, 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 bootleg. bootleg. pocket, Boot. bootleg. the accuracy. But yeah, but can he continue? The can poise. he continue? So basically, so basically, those. a bunch of phrases just fell out of his mouth in no particular order. <laughs> and then he, phrases. and then at the very end of it, he said, "Can he continue this?" <laughs> so, awesome. so he's commenting on Dak again. Do you, where is this audio coming from? Do you guys know? I think it's a Levi uh, truck uh, podcast. <laughs> it's not. It's Sirius XM audio. <laughs> Okay. Sir. Okay. How serious is it? Let's find out. Wrangler guy. Uh, this is Brett Favre talking about Dak Prescott. He's got. Everything you could ask for, size, strength, arm strength, um, I, the guys love him. Um, he plays hard. He plays smart. I, you know, I, I think he's a, a legitimate long, long-time long quarterback, uh, barring injury. And at some point, I do believe that he'll he'll lead that team to the Super Bowl. It, will it be this year? I, I have no idea. But I think he's really good. Um, and I think he uh, will be there a long time. You know, it's one game. I mean, my goodness. You know, if if, if I'm coaching the Cowboys or if, if I'm coaching the the Packers, uh, teams that were handed their first loss, I go, hey, it's one loss. What are we going to do about it? the Cowboys' case? They lost a really good team at their place, and it was a, it was a tough, hard nosed game. So the the amount of overreaction to the loss was totally. I think he's really good. Okay, hold on, hold, hold on, Mister Farf. I think the whole thing was blown out of proportion because there was so much talk about the weakness of the Cowboys' schedule leading up to it. So people were really just, all right, we're waiting, we're waiting. 
And there's, as he just pointed out, there's absolutely zero wrong with losing to the Saints in that building by two points. That's not some indication that your team sucks and it's a mirage. That's right. normal NFL life. I think I, I'm more focused on I'm, – I'm with you. I agree 100%. That was not a bad – USA Today called it an embarrassing loss for the Cowboys. That's well, stupid. They're an embarrassing publication. But it's like I, I'm more concerned with the autopsy here. Why did it happen? And I can't help but wonder uh, – You know, and usually in these things, there's a myriad of, of different culprits. You know, the offensive line got beat at the point of attack. I get it. But the Cowboys did revert back to some of their old ways offensively, and then I want to know why that was. And I was driving in this morning, and I couldn't help but think back to, and I'd forgotten all about this because the Cowboys offense got off to such a great start. I was reminded of talking to a player during the offseason who had talked uh, to Kellen Moore. And Kellen had said, he had said, how's it going? Installing the uh, new offense and doing all those things. And he was like, well... It's not exactly a new offense. I mean, there's a lot of stuff we got to clean up and yada, Mm -hmm. yada, yada. But it was slow going early on. Mm -hmm. Like it was trying to convince people of things that maybe everybody wasn't on board with. Mm -hmm. And that was a major storyline for me coming into the season. And then I forgot about it because it was like, oh, that's a non Well, the start was, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't getting updates uh, on it. Hey, I talked to Kellen. He said, don't worry about any of the stuff I told you a month ago. I I just had that one conversation. The guy's loving. Shut up, Brett. And, uh, And so, but I started wondering, okay, is this what that was? They're open to it, but they're not open to it in a big game against a contender. And really, you know, we talked about the idea. Another storyline to me was, is Jason Garrett really with his job on the line? We've talked about he needs to get to the Super Bowl or get to the NFC Championship to retain his job. Is he really going to trust the youngest coordinator in the league and just, hey, here's the keys, go save my job? And so where are you guys with regard to that? Do you feel like Garrett put the clamps down back on things and – yeah, well, think, where are you with all so, that? So uh, later in the show, we'll have some of these Lombardi clips when he was on the morning show. He totally hit on this. And it was the thing I brought up the other day about uh, Harbaugh in Baltimore explaining the piles of data they have, the way that they go through it, and how that data changes based on a circumstance. And so this is, the, you know, one of the problems with discussions of analytics is people don't have mastery of the information that they're talking about. All of this is situational, and all of the situations change the data. There's not, it's not a blanket, first downs work this way all the time. Those are results of a myriad of different possibilities, and so now you're, you're making decisions based on what you think are probable, probable outcomes. However, those outcomes are always going to change circumstantially, and I think in this particular case, you have to factor in the environment, the defense, the health of your wide receivers. Listen to this stat. I found this. Mm -hmm. Did you guys see yesterday where Kavanaugh was on the Twitters talking about that he thought Zeke and Dak played really well considering? Yeah. All right. I thought Zeke was fine. All right. Listen to – okay, I've heard a lot of people say that Dak didn't play well, including me. And I was like, well, Dak didn't have his best game. Talking about a couple misses. One of the stats that we talk about is we talk about the percentage, expected percentage of completions based on the circumstances. So I'll just read this directly. It says, it's tough to start the series this way. Talking about these these terrible first downs. Prescott completed 22 of 33 passes for 223 yards, but the Saints smothered the Cowboys receivers. I'm getting this off of next-gen stats as per The Athletic. 
the expected completion percentage on the passes that Prescott attempted was 59.5%. He ended up completing 66.7% of those attempts, 7% higher than expectation. And so when we start talking about that, arm strength, the receivers, hold on, Brett, the receivers aren't open. We talked about Cooper being compromised, Gallup not being out there. We talked about how noisy and chaotic it is. Mm-hmm. When coaches start factoring in all of these things, they're going to go, well, you know what, we can run that ball, so we're going to run that ball. And they take a mentality into the game based on what those circumstances mm-hmm. are. And just like Travis said the other day, they never got a rhythm going. They really had one drive that we felt like looked like the Cowboys from the the, the earlier in the year. So what happens is, is if 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 Garrett is so stubborn and immovable and we're screwed anyways, then we're screwed. However, they'll now look at what happened in that game and they will make changes as the year goes on. You know, I think two plays could have could have changed everything. Oh, obviously, there's more than that. I mean, if you look at the fumbles, those changed a lot. Right. Uh, but the Randall two plays involving Randall Cobb. That the one play for sure that you can say, okay, that was that was Dak's error was missing him on the touchdown. Yep, right. Mm-hmm. That yeah. ends up being a four point play. But over the course of the day, there's not a really a lot of mistakes you could see there with Dak. Maybe it was, uh, you know, aud- you know, audibling into run plays against a, a run defense, or you know, Travis talked about them run blitzing and whatnot. The other one was uh, the Randall Cobb. You could call it a drop. You could say it was behind him. Um, and that, then it gets kind of hard. Okay, you're talking about expected catch percentage. He should catch that. It's mm-hmm. not ideal running at full speed in the other direction to have it be behind you. But KT, you pointed out that was the only place he could put it and have Randall Cobb still be able to walk. Hit him in the face mask. Yeah. I mean, the ball's got to be caught. Right. And, you know, Cobb knows that. And I, I just, you know, it's a tough place to play. The Saints are good. Uh, you know, it's a, maybe you feel a little different because Breeze didn't play. Uh, the overreaction to me, I'm done. I'm kind of looking ahead and thinking about, hey, if you get this one and then you get the Jets, you know, you're feeling like you've got a good chance to be five and one. And you might be going for the kill against the Eagles, mm-hmm. you know, on week seven, and then you got a bye week to kind of rest up. And the thing I'm worried about the most is Tyron, you know, yeah, and how no that doubt. could affect Dak. That's the thing I'm worried about the most. No, I think that's a great point, KT. And let's let's quickly rewind back to this day last week. It was the day before the Eagles. Had to go to the Packers with all those injuries on four days rest, play on the road, and the Cowboys were undefeated. And now here we are a week later. The Eagles had an incredible road win. That was huge for them. And now we're spending the last couple days over-dissecting what may be wrong with the Cowboys offense. That is the nature of the NFL. It's what makes it so great, Yep, the volatility of it, uh, the bipolar roller coaster. Um, I do wonder about that expected completion percentage, though, man. Uh, another thing that indicates is that guys weren't getting open. Absolutely. Yeah. And that could be a problem. Amari did not look Cooper? like himself. Dude, they need to sit him down, let him get healthy. He's too important to the whole thing. I think they need to figure out a way to win without him. Or maybe it's one of those things where it won't be healthy until the offseason. I, I don't know. But it's it's a it's a bad situation. With here's him. what I would do in regards to that, uh, assuming that he he stays physically at the same level. I would rest him against the Jets then I'd put him back out there against Philly, and then you have a situation where he's playing one game in three weeks because the bye week is after Philly. But that's not the way football teams do stuff. If the guy can put on pads, they're going to throw him out there. Uh, the big picture is, is is never looked at that way. It's the Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. He plays hard. Shut up. Damn it.
Coming up next, let's talk to uh, Packers play-by-play man, Wayne Larravee, right here on The Fan. See, the way we look at it, one of the best parts of playing the Packers every single year is leading up to the game. We have this man joining us on the BuyerSafety.com hotline. He is the play-by-play voice of the Packers and an all-around awesome dude. It's our friend Wayne Larravee. How you doing, Wayne? Boy, what an introduction. I can't live up to that, you know. You can, and you do on a daily basis, sir. Don't be modest. You're a beast. Let's uh, let's talk about this Packers team. It's pretty interesting because that win over Chicago, you know, neither team scores a bunch, but it's like, hey, these are two great defenses. But then you you fast forward about a month there, and that home loss to the Eagles revealed a lot, including you guys are struggling against the run. What is some of the biggest uh, focal points for you going into this game? Well, I, I think, obviously, the, uh, the matchup of the Cowboys running game with the Packers run defense, uh, that's first and foremost. I think, you know, in order for the Packers to win this game, they'll we'll have to at least, I would think, contain the running game. And, you know, you can't let it get out of hand to 160, 170, 190 yards rushing in, in a game by anyone. And the Packers have given up that kind of yardage to uh, lesser opponents than the Cowboys in terms of running the football. All right, so how big of an injury is the Devontae Adams situation for the Packers? Well, it's huge. I mean, if he can't go, and it doesn't, uh, you know, I, I, I haven't been in Green Bay yet this week. I don't know what the status is going to be on him. From what I can understand from what people tell me, that's an injury that might take at least a week, uh, you know, a week off to get healed to the point where he can be effective. You know, his whole game is at the line of scrimmage, his handwork, his footwork, that kind of thing. So it is a significant injury, and it leaves young receivers who are relatively green to step up and fill that void. Okay, so Wayne, uh, one of the things that has been a a big benefit for you guys has been the pass rush. Uh, By all accounts, you're one of the best pass rushing teams in the league. Um, The Cowboys obviously have an injury with Tyron Smith. What is it that is allowing the Packers to get this sort of a pass rush? Is it a combination of the opponents? Are you guys just killing it off the edge? What's what's leading to this? Well, prior to the Eagles game, and the Eagles have the second-best offensive line of the NFL uh, next to the Cowboys, and that's not me saying that. That's pro football focus. But the Eagles really dominated up front in that ball game the other night in Green Bay. And so, um, you know, I, I think that really what's made the Packers pass rush better has been the addition of talent. Um, and talent on a couple of different levels. The outside linebackers, uh, Zadarius Smith from Baltimore, Preston Smith from Washington, they've been outstanding. Um, and then you go into the secondary when the Packers had Kevin King healthy and uh, Zaire Alexander on the, uh, Jair Alexander on the other side. You have a you know two very good young cornerbacks, and they would hold coverage. So uh, it's been a combination of those two things for the most part. And uh, you know Kevin King has suffered an injury, a groin injury, and we're not sure on his status going forward um, in that Philadelphia game. So hopefully he'll be able to play. But if not, uh, that leaves a huge void there. Boy, I, I watched the game between the Packers and the Eagles, and there were times in that game where I was like, all right, Aaron Rodgers is still the best quarterback in all of football. Yet, there he is with the play calls on his wrist, and he's trying to learn a new offense, and that's bizarre. And then, of course, you had them real close, uh, you know, inside the the heart of the red zone, and and they were refusing to run the ball. What is the status of just what's going on with that Packers offense? Boy, yeah, you know, it's really hard to follow. Um, And I think it's evolving week to week, but um, the inability to effectively run the football, except in the Minnesota game, that's been a major problem because, you know, Matt LaFleur made it no secret when he came here. He said, hey, 
you know, our whole offense is predicated on the running game, and they have not been able to run the football consistently. And that's a, that's a big problem area. And, when, you know, against the Eagles, I think by midway through the third quarter, just watching the game, just my impression, is that the Packers decide, hey, we're not going to bang our heads against the wall here. We're not getting anything done on the ground. We're just going to open this thing up and let Aaron Rodgers do his thing, and that's exactly what they did. And, you know, very nearly won the game. But, um, you know, guys, it, this, is, this hasn't changed. I know I sound like the old guy yelling at the kids to get off the yard. But it has always been a matter in the National Football League. Winning is about running the football and stopping the run. And I understand we have all these geniuses designing all these plays and spreading the field all over the place. But when it gets right down to it, run the football, stop the run. The Packers passed for over 400 yards against the Eagles. The Eagles won the game because they ran the football and they stopped the run. Do you think uh, Aaron Rodgers is on board with what you're saying? On board with what I'm saying. You, you understand why I'm asking. In other words, you know, no. a lot of quarterbacks want to want to throw themselves to victory. And there's the old John Way, John Elway, right? He threw forever, then finally he got Terrell Davis, and they won Super Bowl. So, yeah, uh, as as this new offense, uh, new coach comes in, and they start messing with different aspects of the offense, do you think Aaron Rodgers wants what is changing? Yes, I do. I think he he understands. He's a smart guy. He understands you know what it takes to win in this league and. And the fact is, when the Packers won the Super Bowl, they got a great boost from a guy by the name of James Starks, a rookie who at running back who gave them a 100-yard rushing uh, potential in each of those playoff games. And I think Aaron understands that. He knows that. Um, they have to have better balance. And, and a lot of what this new offense is about is play action. And if you can't run the football, there's no need to do play action. That's a waste of time. Is some of that an offensive line issue? Are they having trouble just getting a push? Because it was very peculiar that they were not mm-hmm. trying to you – know, they didn't really run it at all in, in two different opportunities down at the one-yard line. Well, they've had a, a problem at right guard a little bit. Um, Billy Turner has not quite uh, been up to snuff, it seems like, this year. Uh, they put in a rookie at left guard in Elton Jenkins. Uh, they think he's going to be a heck of a player down the road. Um, the Packers' offensive line up front on the interior – you know, um, is, is maybe where a lot of that problem comes in. The tackles have been solid, especially in pass pro. But uh, the interior of the line, maybe, you know, I, again, I don't know enough about it to be able to tell you that on the interior this is happening and that's happening. But they haven't been able to get a lot of push. And on the goal line, it was no surprise to me that they spread the field and threw the football. Do you Are you guys getting anything out of Jimmy Graham? Yeah. Had a great game the other night, uh, touchdown catch, a couple of big catches. Um, he's not the Jimmy Graham of old, but he knows how to sit down in his zone and get himself open. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers more and more seems to be going that way. And I think if Devontae can't play, the tight ends are going to have to play a bigger role in this game. Is Aaron Rodgers the Aaron Rodgers of old? Yeah, I don't think there's any uh, fall off there. I mean, you could have asked that question about Drew Brees a few years ago as the Saints were going 8-8 eight and eight every year. I think that the two things need to happen. Number one, and, and you saw this in New Orleans, when they got Alvin Kamara and they had a running game, and then when they had a defense, when they put together a defense, and the Packers are in the process of doing that right now. They've made great strides defensively. Are all the pieces in place to have a great defense? Probably not at the moment, but um, that's where they're heading, and that's where they know they need to go to supplement the talent they have at quarterback. And it's as important to have a good defense a strong defense uh, to win in the NFL today as it is to have that uh, that franchise quarterback because he can't do it on his own. 
Were you surprised that the Packers did not bring back Randall Cobb, and and how much could they use him right now? Mildly surprised, uh, because you know in the past three years, Randall Cobb has been you know nicked up, banged up, injured. You know, I, I notice he's healthy. He's having a great start to the season. Um, you know, let's check in four weeks from now and see where he's at physically, because that's what we saw in Green Bay. He would wear down. You know, Wayne, one of the things I'm interested about, we're only a quarter of the way in, but how you think your division is going to shape up. I thought the Vikings were going to be pretty good. Now I think they suck. Uh, that was a huge win over the Bears in the first week, but now the Bears have come storming back. What, what do you think is the key to that division? Chicago's still the class of the division, and I still think Minnesota has, uh, is probably number two. Detroit is a team no one's talking about, but quite frankly, I think they're better than anyone expected and anyone is planning on. So I, I think this is a pretty darn good division, to be honest with you guys. I, I really do. And, and uh, the Lions are a team, you know, that Kansas City game could have gone their way. Yeah, it, it didn't. But, you know, the fact is they played really well in that ball game. And uh, I think the we're yet to see where this division is really headed. But uh, potentially this could be a very good division top to bottom. I think it kind of benefits the other divisions that you guys are all just going to beat each other up. I mean, yeah, it's going well, to be really hard to have a winning record in that division. It's going to be hard for maybe that division to get a wild card. You know what I mean? That's yeah. the thing. And, you know, if they if the division beats up on every, each other uh, enough, uh, that will be very hard to do. Okay, Wayne, before we let you boogie, uh, what do you think this game comes down to? And, uh, you know, you can make a prediction if you want, but what? how is it going to lead to a victory for the Cowboys or the Packers? Well, I, I think the team that, that is able to uh, run the football effectively in this game is going to have a huge leg up on it. Um, I think that, you know, if, if the Packers, if you figure the Cowboys are going to get what they get, usually from uh, Zeke Elliott, which was not what they got the other night, but if they get a typical Zeke game, uh, can the Packers still win? Sure, uh, because Zeke averages over 130 yards rushing against the Packers anyway. The Packers have won the last three games down there and three of the last four overall. But um, it would take then a special effort from uh, Aaron Rodgers, which he's done on occasion in that stadium. So I think that's what it breaks down to. And uh, can the Packers contain the Cowboy rushing attack to the point where, you know, um, they can give themselves a chance to hang in the game and maybe a chance to win it down the stretch as they have in the past. Hey, Wayne, we appreciate the time. Good luck to you guys, but not too much too much luck, all right? <laughs> all right, guys. Good talking with you again. Take care. All right, there he goes, Wayne Larrabee, the voice of the Packers. Love you. Boys, I heard this being discussed this morning on Sean and RJ, and it was a study that came out, uh, the favorite movie candy by state. And this was based on social media, Walmart, and Target. Have you guys heard this? I've no. not, but well, I know the answer. What? It's got to be milk duds. I mean, they're so good. Yeah. For which state? Oh, for... I, I support that. Uh, Canada. Wisconsin. Oh. Milk duds is... is I'll have to go... It looks like that's Indiana. They get stuck, yes! in, your, I'm stuck in your teeth. They're not good for you. Yeah, it looks like Indiana chose what milk duds. What candy is good for you? Oh, there's what? so much candy that's good for your teeth, Shippy. Okay. What do you guys think is the number one candy when attending movies uh, in the state of Texas? Uh, Slowpoke. Nope. Reese's mm. Pieces. Nope. M&M &M Bomb. Nope. Sour by Patch. The, by the way, South dude, Dakota for M&M's. Peanut M&M's and, and uh, popcorn together is the lick. I like to get a popcorn and then I like to get a big pickle. Where do you put it? Running through the room with the pickle in my, my mouth. mouth. Um, uh, I would say. <laughs> is that from Gemstones? It's uh, Baby Billy. Yeah. Okay. I would say uh, it's Texas, so it's got to be uh, Baby Ruth. Nope. 
is it is it a candy bar or is it nope, a more of a not a candy bar? Okay. Oh, Reese's so, Pieces. Nope. Already guessed it. It's not even tiny little pieces of candy. Reese's okay, so Pieces. Big, oh, watermelon. Nope. Um, <laughs> I like that. Big pieces of candy. Oh, sweet tarts. Twizzlers. Nope. Ooh. Giant sweet Twizzlers tarts. close. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, uh, Swedish fish. No, that is close. No. So that's a good guess. <laughs> so it says straws. Uh, Black straws. licorice. Oh, and I can't oh, believe that. What, that's what are you doing? True. Black licorice. According what? to social media, Walmart, and Target, the favorite movie candy of Texans is black I'm licorice. S- hold on. I don't even know where that's available. It's I've not. never seen right. that available. And I think this was a poll from 1955 before like they had a lot of big brand candies. For Florida, it's Dum Dums. For what? California, it's Dots. Dum-dums. Dots are gross. What are dum-dums? Oh, Dude, I, like, I like Dots. The, okay. the lollipops. In Hawaii, it's wax bottles. What? man? Oh, man. yeah. Those are good. It's hard for them you... to get products shipped out there because it's <laughs> yeah. way out there in the <laughs> ocean. You bite off the top and uh, throw the juice in your mouth, but that does very 1955. Yeah. yeah. Oklahoma is uh, Raisinets. You guys oh. like Fun Dip? Yeah. Arkansas Ooh, fun is Junior Mints. And Louisiana is Wait. Pixie Sticks. Have you guys oh, ever thought Pixie oh, Sticks? Have you guys Pixie ever sticks. thought about the name Junior Mint? It's pretty funny. <laughs> it's funny. Like a little sun mint. Not a full grown up mint. <laughs> All right, coming up next, what does Jason Garrett think about black licorice? That's next right here on 1053 The Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 